The Baptist and the Buddhist, identical twin brothers with two vastly different faiths. Join them as they explore their respective religions and how they differ and how they relate. Same DNA, different religions. Welcome to episode three of season two of The Baptist and the Buddhist with Mark and Brian. And, and I accidentally labeled this episode two. <laughs> man, oh, come on. I'm sorry. That's okay. Oh, man. So last week was pretty fun. We got to talk about movies and stuff, and we got to watch movies, too, before that. Um, yeah. Maybe. And I have watched a few more episodes of The Chosen, by Oh, the way. sweet. Awesome. <laughs> In order? Like, sequential order? Um, Yeah, I started off, like... On episode four of season one, I think, kind of where the where after the first episode you told me to watch. Okay, okay. And so I just picked it up from there. Episode. Much. I mean, I you've seen like episode one in the past, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Episode two kind of speeds up after that, but yeah, definitely like three and four, good good stuff. It's pretty. It's pretty fun. Yeah, <laughs> but we're not talking about movies this week. <laughs> nope, we are not. This week we are talking about mm, music. We're talking about music. Yes. Oh man, I wish I knew we were gonna do that. <laughs> I would have uh, grabbed my hurdy gurdy right over here. Oh yeah, because that yeah, I mean, do that. <laughs> that that'll be for the outro. Yeah. <laughs> we're talking about music. Um, as you can tell, or maybe you haven't noticed, but for Brian and me, music is pretty important. We have guitars and guitar shapes behind us all over the place. So, yeah, there is music. an actual guitar back there too behind. Yeah, us. I noticed that. I, I could, I could see the head of it at least, but yeah, yeah. Um, we're gonna talk about music, and. Uh, before we start that, though, where can people find us if they have not been able to see us? You can find us right here. Right? Right where... If you guys see us right now, you know where to find us. But if you don't know where to find us and you don't see us right now for some reason, which now it's getting kind of weird, you can find us on all podcast subscription places, apps, websites... Just search for The Baptist and the Buddhist. And we are on Instagram. Instagram, Facebook, Facebook Twitter. Twitter. It's like we're echoing or something. No, um, <laughs> YouTube. YouTube. Um, man, we're on, uh, we're on Reddit, too. We do have a Reddit page. Not much there, or whatever you call a Reddit profile thing. It's an account. Yeah, an account. Yeah, sure. Um, we're there. We're, uh, we're on TikTok. Nothing there yet either, so Nothing. follow us everywhere. <laughs> oh man, but uh, and uh, we're not on, we're not on SoundCloud. Like I was just thinking music oh, in my wow. head. I'm like, what? We're not on SoundCloud. Limited storage and all, but whatever. Yeah, for free. Um, I'm just and saying. if you're old fashioned, email at Baptist and Buddhist at gmail.com. Yep, Baptist and Buddhist at gmail.com. No thes, no definite we articles. Were efficient. Yep, exactly. Yep. Definite articles are for the past. <laughs> yeah. 
So, um, man, music. Where do we begin? Where do we begin? Well, I was kind of thinking of uh, going along, uh, hitting up the topic of music in the way of what our faiths, the involvement of music in our faiths, and then we can go into a more personal detail of music in our lives. That's a great idea. How is music utilized in these traditions? Oh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, these could be very, um, uh, well, I'll I'll hold off on my commentary for for a little bit. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But you know what? I guess it's my turn first, right? (laughs) So... So I'll I'll go first. Um, I have a few notes here, but not a whole lot. Um, music notes. Hopefully, yeah, music notes. Yes, I'm liking the puns so far. Um, and it's funny. I just received a message on Facebook, like literally right now, about music. So <laughs> it's everywhere. Music is everywhere. Music Me- music is very influential in everything. Really, if you if you really boil it down. Music is everything. Music is life. I used to have a short that said that. The, even Astor thinks that. She tried to sing a song. Um, yeah, I mean... Exactly. Music, uh, the universe apparently resonates at like a D major or something, so... <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, and like toilets flush at like a C sharp or something. Is that so? I I'm I just made up that note the uh, what it's at, but someone did like do a study and like found out what like scale toilets flush at. But yeah, so you could harmonize with it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I mean, ba- most bathrooms have good re- reverb going on, so like take a mandolin in there and like. Remember one time we were at the Grand Canyon, I think, or no, we were it was in the Rockies, and. Our brother-in-law is like, "Hey, Mark, bring your mandolin in here." And we—it was like at a <laughs> national park bathroom, and it's like, "You gotta come in here." I'm like, "What?" And it's like, "You play it," and it was like really cool reverb. <laughs> Getting <laughs> off topic, awesome. but oh <laughs> uh, yeah, music—it's um, very cultural too. Um, oh yeah, it, I think no matter what culture you find you'll find some form of music, um, instrumentation, singing, styles. You have so many genres and styles around the yeah. world. It's crazy. I think music is one of the like two or three <clears throat> like human traits that they've found in every single every single culture um, that, you know, cultures that evolved completely separately from each other all have come up with some some form of music mm-hmm. yeah exactly and you know even like close encounters of the third kind the aliens use music as language <laughs> um, <laughs> oh we're talking about movies again <laughs> and aliens that's for another episode <laughs> oh yeah that is <laughs> um so what does the bible say about music and I, I did more of like I kind of condensed my notes to a cursory review because there can be a lot said about music, but there's a lot also open to discernment and interpretation as well. So, um, whenever I think of music in the Bible, the first place that my mind goes to is Genesis four, 
and it's pretty early on in the Bible, but it, it's always, I've always, it's, this has always stood out to me, but it talks about this guy named Jubal. Who is Jubal? It says Jubal was the father of all such as handled the harp and organ. And that's where I think that's where they get like the word jubilee from. Um, you know, it's like a happy celebration. I was wondering. I was wondering. Yeah, I think that's where it comes from. But Jubal, um, I think he was related to Tubal King, maybe, or like that might be a family name. I don't remember the genealogy of it all, but um, that just that always pops in my mind. Like Jubal, like the father of all such as handled the harp and the organ. Um, so it right off the bat in in the fourth chapter of the Bible you see instruments, um, and mm. I think uh, some extra biblical references um, will have may, maybe the angels or the fallen angels teaching man about music and weapons and ever and other stuff too. Um, that might be like the book of Enoch or Jasher or something I don't remember, but. Um, Chronologically in the Bible, um, if you look in the angelic realm, you'll see Lucifer had pipes and tabrets. Um, some people kind of make it sound like he had pipes coming out of him and like he was just a natural instrument or something or some kind of weird supernatural instrument. But he was obviously some kind of musician. And some will say maybe like a worship leader in like leading the music of heaven or something. Um, I'm not going to go too much into that more. But one of the first songs you find in the Bible is when Moses led Israel through the Red Sea. And right after that, they sing a song. And it's about how God uh, protected them and destroyed their enemy and all that stuff. So you you see a song in Exodus um, and there's so much emphasis in the, in a lot of the old testaments, especially the book of the book of the Psalms, which, what does that mean? It's songs. Like the Psalms are all songs. There's, there's, hun, there's, um, 129 of them. I think, uh, I need to refresh my memory on the, the number of Psalms in that, but, uh, they, uh, the Psalms were used by the, uh, by Israel, by the Jewish people, um, to memorize scripture. Uh, even, uh, I think it's Psalm 119 is broken down by the alphabet, the, the, the Hebrew alphabet. Um, and they would, uh, they would memorize those Psalms, um, by way of alphabetical, memorization and singing and a lot of the uh, a lot of the scripture was like orally like oral tradition taught in songs and in um, like kind of like a call and response kind of thing mm. um, but you see song being very uh, prevalent there too um, so music has always been something that has been emphasized in the Bible from Genesis through Psalms. And you always see someone talking about singing. Um, Really in, in the Psalms, they talk about singing a lot. Um, And in a lot of the old Testament too, they talk about singing to the Lord. They talk about singing of his wondrous works and 
singing praise and singing joy and uh, and uh, singing on instruments like psalteries and I think David David mentions he'll sing on his psaltery and his ten stringed instrument. Um, on the other hand, you also see like in the in the book of Daniel where um, the uh, the three Jewish boys uh, that were put in the furnace of fire, um, the the congregation that was bowing to the the, the statue, the idol, uh, they were worshiping with dulcimers and stringed instruments as well. And, uh, I mean, this, the Psalms, the book of Psalms and, uh, all these other old Testament books have so many, uh, mentions of instruments and trumpets and timbrels and psalteries and dulcimers and all these cool instruments. Like there's so many, like all these ancient instruments are pretty fascinating too. Um, King David, when he was a shepherd, he played on a, on a harp, like a, probably like a lute like instrument or, or some kind of a stringed instrument like that. So you, you see instruments everywhere. And, uh, um, well, I'll save my next comment for a little bit later, <laughs> but, uh, when I, when I look, when I look into the, the new Testament, we, especially Paul's writing is that Paul in the great, in the age of grace is the apostle to the Gentiles, apostle to the grace age believers. And, um, he talks about singing, um, pretty interestingly. Um, and, uh, so I kind of wrote these down really quick. Um, he ta- he tells us about praying and singing with spirit and understanding, um, so like one passage, he talks about praying with the spirit and praying with understanding. And then the, the next, the next verse is singing with the spirit and understanding. So there's like a, there's an interesting comparison that he's making with singing and praying, um, which I, I think that's fascinating. And when we look at the use of song, it kind of makes sense. Um, because then he talks about in, I think that was like first Corinthians 14 that he said that in, in Ephesians five, uh, he talks about speaking to ourselves, making melody in our heart, um, with Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. And he kind of broke it down into three groups. Um, I'm not exactly sure what all those three are, um, but some some early church fathers in like the 16th century, um, like Isaac Watts, he had a collection of all of his writings. He wrote hymns and songs and he called, he literally called it Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs based off of those, those verses from Paul. Um, and you also see that in Colossians three sixteen, where he says, um, the, the word, he mentions the word of Christ dwelling in us, um, and using those psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs for teaching and admonishing each other. So in Ephesians, he talks about singing those songs in your heart, like to yourself. And then in Colossians, he talks about singing, using those songs uh, with teaching and admonishing other people. So it has like a two facet kind of use, like inside and like inside and out, within and without. 
Um, so using songs to admonish people. <laughs> yeah, that, that was kind of... A cool rap battle or... <laughs> <laughs> i don't i don't even know i mean i think with the uh with the use and maybe i'll start getting a little more into like what this might mean um but with with how he compares singing with praying and singing in your within yourself and to others um and there's also a uh there's that comparison with like in the spirit, but it also has a connotation in Colossians with the word of Christ. So if you remember back to our episode on prayer, praying is like communicating, like you communicating to God and the Bible is God communicating with you. And the, the common denominator between the two is the Holy spirit um, because the Holy spirit works in, uh, it works in a, a man to understand the word and the Holy spirit also utters, uh, prayers that we might not even know to pray for. Um, but he, he, the Bible says that the spirit, uh, makes utterances, um, that we might not even know how to pray. Like he almost prays for us in a way. Um, so these songs are connect all connected like singing is all connected to that um which i thought was very interesting um seeing how much of a spiritual use it has um f- for a believer and there's also uh, there's also just a few other verses that i that i uh pondered on with with uh with music and singing and in the psalms again it talks about singing and everything and some some of these verses are kind of well known Uh, some people are like oh yeah that like when it comes to singing it's sing a new song like sing sing to the lord a new song Um, and then sing to the lord and with a loud noise rejoice and praise Um, that verse i think it was psalm 98 4 with a loud noise rejoicing and praising um so uh, what what does this all mean <laughs> in christianity well in practice in, from where i come from we use song in a time of gathering together to to a lot of people call it like out to worship or to like a worship service or they call it worship music where you come to the church and you sing songs of praise, songs of rejoicing. Um, in, in some circles, they stick to pretty traditional, like uh, pretty old hymns, or they stick to like a specific style of hymns. Um, and to me, sometimes it almost... Uh, it almost can confounds the idea of singing a new song. Like there's nothing since like maybe the 1960s at the early or at the latest that has been put in these hymnals sometimes. Um, but yeah, but to me, um, 
to me, the, the music, music can be a very controversial topic within Christianity. And it's, it's kind of hard for me to say that. Um, but it really is. And, um, for me personally, music has been kind of a struggle in my, in my faith and in my, in my walk. Um, and it's been kind of a, a place of like, what should I do? Like, because uh, uh, there are so many opinions in within Christianity about music. Um, you know, you'll have some denominations that will not use instruments. There are some denominations that will, maybe they won't even sing. Um, and I mean, to me, having no instruments is kind of, weird to me um because the bible talks about singing unto the lord with instruments <laughs> mm-hmm. um and with <clears throat> some you know some 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 churches i say i use the word churches as like more like denominations or sects um sometimes it could be it could come down to a, a single church congregation that might differ but some churches don't don't want to use guitars and some churches don't want to have i mean there's there are a lot of you know, conserv- more conservative churches along the lines of music that don't want guitar or maybe like louder music um, a lot of drum set yeah drum sets and electric guitars are frowned upon in some christian circles um they they see them as instruments of the devil or something like they get a little they get a little too nitpicky sometimes with it in my opinion um some of them will you know strictly piano strictly organ uh, even though the organ apparently has a historical connotation with murdering christians i don't know um (laughs) 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 um uh, there's just so much to be said in within that framework of music in Christianity, um, but generally speaking, when we when we come together for a again worship service, um, some people call it worship service, like for a Sunday morning church service, it's a worship service, and you always sing songs, um, and uh, I mean, there's even controversy, and you know definitions on like what's going to be on stage for the for the singing time like is it a band is it just a person singing up there leading the music like what is what's going on um i i think i heard i hear this uh this comparison with like worship bands you know the guitar maybe a keyboard drum set if they're if they have the money or whatever, or the skill or electric, electric guitars. And some churches will say, you know, that's, that's like all too much for show. They're using the wrong music and that's really them up there. And the, the, they're singing to the audience instead of the audience singing to God. And that, that's what they'll, that's how they'll justify that, that thought. And okay, that, that's pretty, uh, like, 
good intentions there. Like I could see that. And, you know, they'll say you only should have one person up on the podium singing the song to lead the congregation to sing praises to God. Um, and, you know, instrumentation here and there. I've seen di- way, so many different types of how to do this. Um, every single church I've been to has been different. Like every single church, like there's orchestrations, there's guitars, there's not guitars, there's pianos, there's a band, there's just a small group that's not really a band. Like there's a full rock band with the drums. Yeah, you know, I've been to the them with lights box. and smoke, like smoke uh, machines and or fog machines. Like they vary so much, um, and sometimes it's. I'll oh, I'll get to this later after I if, after we talk about the basics. Um, but we sing, we sing and it's pretty interesting. Um, I mean, I love the old hymns. That's, uh, that those, those are always really good to sing. Um, really amazing writing in those, um, from where I come from, we sing a lot of those old hymns. Um, and you know, I say old as if that was a bad thing. Like some people say like, Oh, those old hymns, but those were our very classy writings. Um, one thing, for some reason, it just, like, it impacts me, or it, like, impacted me, like, wow, like, this is really the one of the only points in the Bible where it uses the word him besides the ones I just mentioned, um, and that is when Jesus and the disciples were having their, you know, the quote-unquote last supper um, up in the upper rooms in Jerusalem. They broke bread, they drank the wine together, and then they sing a hymn and when when my church does the the uh communion ceremony um taking the lord's supper we always sing a hymn right afterwards because that's what they did in that that upper room and then they departed so we always sing a hymn last and then we leave so um it it was just very interesting to see that uh after that and even it, it was kind of a in we like an awkward place to be especially if you were Judas Iscariot because he is like am I gonna betray you Jesus and Jesus is like you said it and he's like okay let's sing a song <laughs> 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 uh, it was just uh it's just that's just how my mind works but you even see um some of the apostles singing um like Peter and Paul singing in jail um when they're when they're chained up they're singing um and that might lead to like an earthquake to break them out or what. Um, but there's, they're singing, they're rejoicing even in a muddy pit of despair. They're still singing. So singing always has that, that uplifting. Um, and that's why we sing in those services. Most everyone will say we sing to prepare our hearts and to prepare our spirits for the message that is going to be preached for the, like we prepare ourselves uh, by getting our, our spirits into that that uh, that working of a more spiritual setting, and then we can, when we hear God's words spoken, we can more better discern them and being be in the right spirit because our spirit can change. We we can we might not have the right spirit about us, or even our mood. Like I don't want to hear this this stuff when I'm grumpy, but if you listen to a song, you know, people listen to like, I got to put my headphones on. I got to get in the right mood. Like 
man, I'm so down. I'm, I got to listen to a happy song or I got to, maybe you're just down and you want to hear someone just as down as you so you can relate to them or something. So, uh, so yeah. you can feel like you're not alone. There's one message that really changed the way I viewed music for a very long time. Um, and that was about the power of music and the, the, uh, the, the preacher that was, that delivered that message, he's a musician and he, he delivered it in such a way as like, wow, I, I can't believe like, I've never really thought about this, but he talks about just the, the movement of music itself can change. Obviously the film industry uses music in that way. You know, he played the two notes together on the piano, Brandon. What, what does that like what emotion does that give you it's like oh it feels like something's coming after you it's jaws uh and uh and you know he would play a melody that we might know well in like a happy like um like a silent film kind of way like and then he would play it in like a jazzy like a bluesy kind of way and like see how that changes the song and you know people use style ironically sometimes to emphasize points so um the like music itself there's just something about that like a to g and everywhere in between that like somehow does something to us um and biblically from a biblical standpoint um you sometimes will look at numbers um, like n- kind of a numerology kind of thing. I don't get too much into that, but it's always interesting that like there's like seven colors of the rainbow, seven notes in theoretical music and, and you know, all the half steps in between and everything. And then you have the jazz notes in between those. So <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it always makes me, it, it, it's always interesting to think about that. Like, man, seven days in a week, like it's just, it's just something. Something that I always think about. Um, I don't know what uh, what significance that has in this conversation, but I just had to bring that. Well, up what about like too. Eastern classical music, where it's not structured the same? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, there's a lot to be said about musical structure in in uh, music. A lot in Christianity. A lot of those that are against more modern music will say that it, you know, that came from um, tribes in Africa that that uh, used, you know, music to worship uh, false gods, and then it was brought over and turned into rock and roll somehow. Um, and they even go as far as like syncopation, like that. We can't do that. We can't have syncopated beats. Like it has to be a specific, a specific time signature and where the beats fall. Like some people break it down that far. Um, and, uh, and you know, Eastern music, um, I don't even know where to go with that, with some of the conservative, like more conservative view on music um and because i've seen i've heard some you know self-proclaimed conservative musicians like say like oh i love all types of music like even like tribal jungle music i listen to but they'll stay away from rock and roll or something like that so 
don't know. So, <laughs> again, it, sometimes it seems a little nitpickier, uh, a little buffet style or something. But, um, I mean, you can kind of get to where you can kind of understand like what my stance on music is, but I'm not going to get into that yet. Um, I'm just going to stay in within the general realm, but that, I mean, really, I, I don't know if I can belabor the point anymore because there's just so much that I can talk about the Bible and music and the world of Christianity with music. Um, I mean, it's always changing. Isaac Watts, he's the father of, he's one of the great fathers of, of the, of hymns. He's a, a prolific hymn writer and he came from a church that, his father was the pastor or priest. I don't remember what like uh, denomination or whatever it came he came from, but they only sing from the Psalms, from the Bible itself. Mm. They would only sing the words in the Psalms. He's like, these are so boring, Dad. Like, they don't even rhyme in English. Like, there's nothing fun about this. And his dad's like, well, you can write, you can write Psalms then. Like, if you want to, you can write Psalms and we'll sing them. So he started, a lot of his hymns are based off of Psalms and he writes it more of to a more modern Christian view, not so much of a, of a Jewish view. Um, and you know, because they don't, they don't sing Jesus's name in the Psalms. So he kind of tweaked a little bit, uh, here and there. And a lot of his hymns were based off of those. So, and you know, that's just one guy out of all of the other thousands of Christian musicians out there and songwriters and artists that have changed the face of Christian music for the better or worse. So, um, yeah, I'm going to, I'm just going to end my general topic there, um, and leave that open. If you have any other questions or anything like, no, I just, when you were talking about how, how music actually like affects us and it reminded me of, uh, at work today a co-worker was you know playing some music really loud and the song ended and all i hear is them shouting oh my vibe <laughs> like they're like no it's over you know like they were mourning the ending of the song <laughs> because the feeling that it evoked in them has now ended with mm-hmm. the song yeah yeah like when people work out you don't hear them listening to uh, whiskey blues or something you hear pretty fast-paced stuff going on that will make them want to run faster and work harder for some reason sound waves do that to you <laughs> yeah and the words too words have a huge impact on on people's minds too but oh yeah i'm not gonna get too much into that either <laughs> But yeah, words and music, combine them together, you have something powerful. And, you know, songs can change the world, as we've seen in history, so. Yeah, there is a lot to be said about how music has changed history. Mm-hmm. And how history has changed music. Mm. <laughs> so should I uh, touch on a kind of a general overview of music in Buddhism? Yes, I'm very eager to hear this. I'm, I hope I don't disappoint. Um, <laughs> I do not have notes, but that's okay. I mean, so Buddhism is a, you know, an oral tradition from the get go, you know, before they wrote anything down, they were memorizing it. And 
and really chanting it from as far as we can tell they they've been chanting the suttas and everything really um mm-hmm. and you know that was one of the hugely important roles of the monastic community in the beginning was you know memorizing the suttas and passing them down through oral teachings because hmm. i mean oral traditions have been shown to be actual like very good preservers of of uh of information mm-hmm. and and but of course buddhism started writing their stuff down eventually uh but the the chanting tradition continues and i think this is like probably the biggest role that music plays it might not be very musical um and i'll go into uh, music a little bit more um but what's the most prevalent use of music is in the form of chanting and you know in 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 more traditional senses it's not as melodic um it's almost very drone-like and i mean it's used as that way so that it's easier to remember you know it's easier to memorize a 108 syllable mantra if there's a kind of a pattern and a beat to it um Mm. and in theravada in the early schools um it's a lot of it's not as much mantras as it is a chanting you know homage to the triple gems or the five precepts or taking refuge or stuff like that and and you still see that a lot today too um but in the in traditions like mahayana and vajrayana you get more you get kind of more of the mantra chants um which are you know generally a phrase that's repeated to represent usually like a, a bodhisattva an enlightened being like Kuan Yin or Vajrasattva and they're generally used from from my understanding of you know spending a lot of time with the Tibetan tradition of using it as a tool to help bring your awareness to focus um and i notice this a lot in tibetan tradition is that they they'll utilize you know thought speech and mind so or thought is mind um body speech and mind so they'll give you an a a pic like a picture to look at a painting to look at Hmm. to focus and instill in that like you get from that the qualities that you are meditating on uh you know a bodhisattva you'll have a painting of a bodhisattva or a mental image of a bodhisattva and then also a a speech version of that which would be a mantra and using these mm. you focus in on what that bodhisattva represents you know compassion or wisdom and you use that to help cultivate that within yourself and so you get a lot of mantras and as mantras bleed into the western world 
they start getting a little more westernized in music sound so i mean if you look up on youtube oh money pad me whom you will probably find dozens of versions of it um and many probably are very westernized sounding as well um hmm. you know pretty basic chord progression and a very sing-songy uh melody um so that's really the biggest role that music plays um there's also in the monastic tradition if you're a monk or a nun of not being able to play or listen to music uh, as one of your precepts uh so there's kind of a lack of music in hmm monastic traditions but they have chanting as well like they'll chant suttas um when i just watched a video earlier this or late late last year time is weird um when the monastics uh begin vasa which is their their rainy season retreat uh they go into retreat for like three months three or four months and to begin the retreat they chanted the i i think it was the buddha's first dhamma talk the dhammachaka pavatana sutta and i think it was that one i might be wrong but so it was and it was in pali so it was a, a very beautiful chanting in a different language and it's it's a strong tradition among monastics to do something like that to to chant the suttas and hmm. a couple of years ago my temple hosted a an international kind of event that was i can't remember what it was called now but we all came together and we had like three or four different suttas or sutras in the vajrayana and uh, mahayana tradition they call them sutras and we all had you know, we had maybe 50 people in the room all reciting a sutra out loud. And they're all different sutras. And it's like this this great tradition of sutra recitation. And you're vocalizing the sutras into, into the world, you know. And it, it was just, it was really cool. And we had diff- many of different Buddhist uh, communities in the area come together to do this and uh, it was it was really cool and kind of I guess kind of along the chanting I, I don't know if we actually chanted or just read aloud or if maybe there's no difference <laughs> well if you read it aloud just at a certain pace like it turns into yeah. chanting so yeah I mean when you especially like in something like a sutra recitation like you you do end up reading it in in a monotone voice very mm. chant like um and it's i think it's just a natural thing to happen when you read a sutra out loud yeah i like that chanting reminds me of like the catholic church they will have their like gregorian chants and stuff like and you hear yeah you hear them all the time um doing that and i don't know if they get it from like an eastern thing i would imagine 
maybe there's some influence there, but um, maybe, yeah. I I don't know about that. I'm not huge into chanting. Um, that's kind of foreign to me. Um, so, oh, I would be completely sad if I forget to mention the Tibetan monks chanting and the, the Tibetan throat singing. I was just gonna say, isn't that a thing? <laughs> And that was one of my first introductions to Buddhism is seeing Tibetan monks doing their their chanting. They'll, I mean, it's just booming like they're chanting and they're doing this very low throated chanting. And uh, they also use these huge horns that are just, you know, you can just imagine them reverberating from the mountains. And these clashing of symbols, and it's oh, just yeah. I a think you sight to hear. You sent me some of that before for like yeah world religions class. Yeah, yeah, that's that's definitely something different. <laughs> it's it's a it's really like just powerful just presence when when you experience that in person. You know, you said something that kind of reminded me of something else because you said like they something along the lines of like hearing it in like these these uh, I don't know if it was like a sutta or something, but in di- in a different language and it just sounds like the way it sounds and like even when you don't know what someone's singing because it's in a different mm-hmm. language, I I remember this one time I was in um, Nazareth. Um, in the, they had this Nazareth village, uh, set up at like, you know, biblical times. And we were in this synagogue and there's a a guy, one of the guys there, we walk in and he just starts singing in this like booming low voice in Hebrew. And it's like, dude, that is like the most beautiful thing I've ever heard. I don't have no idea what you just said, but like the way he sang it, like I had video of it, but I lost that video a long time ago, but it was, it was amazing. Um, and it's it, it reminded me of when we were talking about symbols and you were speaking to the um, the Islamic uh, symbolism all they do is use uh, is use like calligraphy for their symbolism and how like it's beautiful and I'm thinking like singing is just kind of like calligraphy of talking yeah <laughs> It's like yeah, it it's is. just beautifying the language somehow. Um, that's that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, like now singing, I guess like certain styles have different fonts in your, my mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's just oh the my way gosh. my mind works again. Um, yeah, no, that's. I remember like a visiting teacher singing singing some kind of prayer. I don't know if it was like a prayer from Shanti Deva's way of the Bodhisattva or what it was, but it was all in Tibetan. And like, I mean, we hadn't kind of a page with translation. So you could like read what he's singing, but like the way he sang it was just like, there's so much conviction and compassion in it. It's like, I don't need to read what he's saying, you know, I can feel it. Right. But I, I mean, I just, I also like, I think a lot of the, that kind of like 
like I love the Muslim call to prayer. Like it's it's just so powerful and beautiful and haunting and uh and really any like kind of religious singing in like in any language, you know, like yeah, you know the uh the uh in that documentary Walk with Me some of their um I don't know if you would call it singing or chanting or whatnot. Reminded me a lot of of, of the, um, of the Islamic uh, prayer calls. Like, it, like you know, some people probably would mistake it for for that if if they heard it like on the streets or something. Yeah, it just has that that similar um, that similar. Uh, like call to like some kind of, you know, it's not just your standard someone singing or yelling. There's like something about it that like makes it sound like it has a purpose to it. Yeah. Um, there's like an intention put into it. And like somehow for some reason you can hear that intention. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, then you mentioned like the big horns that they that they would blow like reverberating through the mountains. Um, that kind of reminds me of like the shofars in Israel. Um, even the, even this. the messianic Jews, which are basically Christians that, uh, that identify themselves as Israel and that they, the only difference is that they believe Jesus was their Messiah. Um, so they go around blowing shofars all around Israel and they go like, they try to sneak into these national parks and blow and it's like, okay, guys get out. Like they kick him out. Like, okay, stop it. Um, but it reminded me of that. And, you know, the shofar has historical uh, uses in the nation of Israel too. They had different, uh, they had different calls with the shofars, with their horns uh, for different things, for war and for celebration and all that stuff, just to communicate, a way to communicate throughout the, uh, the, the nation really. So um, just different different uses of instruments there too so uh, i thought that was pretty interesting uh comparison there with, with horns and oh yeah i mean stuff. just think about like the, the uses that instruments started out with you know like whether it be you know calling a herd back you know from across a valley or you know, communicating over long distances or whatever, like. Mm-hmm. And then, like, there's a, a that martial element to instruments as well with with bagpipes and with drums and fifes and all of that stuff. You see throughout history, it's used um, even just percussion, you know, shakers and stuff too, like in the – so many uses and so many um so many variations and it's really music is a variety i mean variety is the spice of life so if something's bland spice it up with some music or something next meal change it up (laughs) you know we're we're you know humans just got bored with just talking i guess it's like <laughs> what else can we do yeah <laughs> you just move no, your I mean, voice you... up and down <laughs> <laughs> i 
and you you know you just sit there clicking a pen or something and you just can't stop you know you yeah you you get into that or you get you know pencils on a desk like Mm -hmm. if i'm cooking in the kitchen and there's something metal around me. I'm like, ooh, I wonder if this resonates, you know. Yep. Oh, cool. So and then, then what if I hit this jamming afterwards? Out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I guess that's a good uh, transition into, like, our personal music, musical lives because music has a great impact, and I'm not going to go too into depth into, like, the history of music in my life because that's kind of boring. <laughs> but at one point in my life, I hated music. Then I loved music um, later in my life, and then I – started making music the end no um (laughs) um especially in my in my in my faith um right after i became a christian i i uh, decided to focus my musical listenings to um to faith-based music and um, so I started like listening to you know Christian artists and stuff, and it was like you know like the contemporary Christian music um, that you'd hear on the radio on the usually the lower band channels on FM, um, <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, I I played music too, and I wrote music at the time, and uh, so I kind of changed that focus as well, and. Uh, it's just it, it's always had a impact with my music and um but when i when i started getting more into my my faith walk as we as i might call it faith walk or my 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 walk or my whatever um i music started becoming a little scarier for me because i heard so much about don't listen to this and you can only listen to this and make sure it doesn't have this and that. I'm like, Oh man, this is confusing. Like how can anyone like, like music when like you might accidentally listen to something that's quote unquote bad. And it always, it dampered my musical, uh, not just my musical listening. Cause that really wasn't affected or anything because I liked what I was listening to, but like my musical, uh, writing and, and, uh, and making music, I mean, which I, it wasn't like a bad thing for me or anything. It was just different. And I felt kind of stuck. Um, but I think over the years I've realized that so much of this music stuff is really opinionated within Christianity. And like, you know, um, certain instruments can't be used or certain styles can't be used. And, you know, like if you add one thing, it might be a little no, no or something like it just got kind of nitpicky. And when I, when I, uh, look at scripture talking about a loud noise, new song, speaking to yourselves, making melody, um, you know, singing praise with psaltery and 10 stringed instruments and um, even just dwelling in the wisdom and make just making noise and, and singing um, these Psalms, hymns and spiritual songs. Uh, like I, I see variety in that and I see personal discernment and I see a personal delivery and I, I decided not to be stuck 
in such a because I had a pretty narrow conservative musical view for a while um, and that uh, and not saying that that was wrong of me to do it was just uh, I think it was it was a good place for me to kind of refresh my mind on music and then I I kind of moved into less conservative way because like before that like I would not listen to anything that wasn't like these people this style and like that's it like going outside of that territory is kind of scary and you know a lot of that music didn't appeal to me anyways like it was kind of boring and cheesy sometimes too and I'm not talking about contemporary worship music no that would have been whoa way too crazy to listen to like way too much <laughs> way too much drums and guitars there um which it that's just kind of cringy to say now but um i mean i'm not uh, i've opened my view of music a lot more and not so much as like stepping away from like faith-based music because that's like my life is is my faith so like my music is obviously going to revolve around that and there's a, a musician that i i really like his music and he was doing a like a facebook live video and i just happened to be watching and he's not a huge artist like he doesn't have thousands of followers maybe thousands but he was just like in a sitting in a coffee shop like oh, hey guys what's up and someone said something and he's like well, I don't, I don't just sing Christian music. I just sing my experiences and like my, you sing about life and like, as a Christian, what is your life about? Like, so that we just happen to be, uh, sharing, uh, our, our life in Christ with other people through music. Um, because music is about telling stories sometimes and telling and, uh, and, uh, telling about the good and the bad, um, which, uh, you know, you won't find a whole lot of like depressing hymns in a, in a Baptist hymnal. Um, it's usually, it's usually more uplifting and, you know, some songs don't have a place in a worship service. Um, and I think that's where I was getting stuck. I, I, I started discerning, well, well, duh, I'm not going to sing this song at church for a worship song or something. Um, which, I mean, we don't, I think in my circles, we don't use the term worship music that much because it has like a negative connotation to contemporary Christian music. Um, so, you know, it's kind of narrowed down a little bit, but, um, I like so much, so many, so much different kind of music. Like I can't not enjoy this music and you know i i stay away from certain things and i i uh, spiritually speaking it's um you need something that would edify and you need something that would uh build you up and not necessarily take you away from having the mind of christ and being and being uh being enabled by the spirit um but music has effect either way. So I, I try not to limit myself with music anymore. Um, and you, you really, it was a point of like, um, it was a really a point for me and it's, I'm kind of like, 
just opening up and it's kind of raw for me to talk about this stuff, but like it, music was really, again, scary for me. Like, and I almost, almost to the point where I didn't even enjoy it anymore. Like I just, it was, it was kind of, it was scary. Like that, that's the best way to describe it. Um, but I think I had to get over other people's opinions and look at what, the word of God said to me about it because I was, uh, I was too focused on what other people said about it and not what God said about it. Um, so, uh, you know, different people have different opinions and different preferences and they, um, they have different limits to themselves, boundaries. You, Different people have set different boundaries spiritually within themselves. Um, just talking about like the the the, the Christian realm. Still, um, you know, Paul says that some some are babes in Christ. Some are still drinking milk. Some have some can eat the meat, um, and not to. There's a point where you can make yourself a stumbling block to those that are still learning and growing up in the faith. So there's always like, uh, you got to be careful sometimes, but really when I see people, my peers, we never, no one ever talks about music. It's always a voodoo topic almost. It's, it's kind Mm. of annoying. (laughs) Like (laughs) it's, it's almost too limited. Sometimes it feels like because people are too scared to talk about it or, uh, open up about it. But, Wow. I listen to, you know, you know, folk is my, is my jam. Usually like, I like folk music. Um, I like folk music. I like, you know, some contemporary Christian. Some of it is a way too cheesy and like cringy to me. Uh, some of it is too pop and I don't like the pop music, but you know, I like some of the country stuff. Some, you know, some of the more rock, rocky stuff going into even like, maybe metal uh but you know i I like uh i'll listen to like lo-fi hip-hop future garage like some vague weird genres like sometimes sometimes like some of that will just be like i need to focus i need to like calm down and focus on what i'm doing like if i'm working on homework or doing work so i i have to like change my tune a little bit um to give me some background noise or something um but it's not just noise it's it's music. It's like, it's music. That's all I can say about it. It's yeah. music. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I and, and it, I sing the music I play. Again, it's like more of a folk style. Um, that's just, I guess that's just my my personality in music is like a folk style. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I can't say my musical journey has been as difficult, but, um, (laughs) but yeah, I, I can understand and empathize. Um, man, where do I begin though? Like, here's my uh, last sentence for like my little thing transitioning to yours. Um, Music is to be enjoyed. There we go. 
Very well put. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's it's just really interesting to hear about that. Um, because I I was aware that music was a controversial topic, um, and you know what's what's good and what's not good to listen to, uh, etc. Um, I mean, I think you get that in a lot of, like, the modern, um, you know, Christian culture of, mm. you know, I've, I've known people who are like, oh, I, I only listen to this radio station, you know, like, yeah. Oh, don't um, even get me started on commercial music because it's which, literally, you have to put product out, man. Like, they literally call it commercial music. And, like, just yeah. for my personal stance, like, I can't stand that. Yeah. <laughs> but that's just my, non- my non-conventional way. My, non- uh, my non-conventional ways, like, personality Yeah, I think out. music... I think what's so great about folk music um, <laughs> is I think something... I. A quote that I've seen attributed to Woody Guthrie, he said that folk music comforts the disturbed and disturbs the comfortable. And I think that's, you know, <laughs> so true. You know, you're not making music to make music, you know, get listeners, you know, whatever. Um, turn into a factory and get your numbers up. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, you can play the market. You can know what sells. Mm-hmm. Or you can be you know a woody guthrie who's just like i'm gonna write a song about something that matters to me you know like yeah exactly and that's really the 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 heart of the folk music movement is you know i see a lot of um a lot of like i know in ancient celtic times the the court bard what he wasn't there to sing songs to the king to entertain him he was literally there to record history Hmm. and that just goes to show how important the oral tradition is you know like they would recite lineages of of the king um lineages of the court not hey here's a snappy tune that everyone loves like there's a number one hit this week (laughs) yeah and you see so much in 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 folk music uh even contemporary folk music and some of the classic folk revival era music where they're telling stories of current events um you get a lot of that in like the late the folk labor music scene of telling about like riots and strikes and Hmm. important figures who were killed and like it's just history in music and i think it's really powerful because people listen to music (laughs) and so they'll listen to this stuff and hear what's going on you know Mm -hmm. and um Hmm. but i don't know why i went on that diatribe about uh folk music but um (laughs) i think i almost get the same feeling when it comes to um i mean he's he's kind of more in the contemporary Christian realm, but Rich Mullins was an artist that kind of made waves like, wow, why is this weirdo like singing barefoot in like ripped up jeans? And why is he carrying a hammered dulcimer around? Like 
he kind of made waves and like set the t- the tone to something different um but like kind of in a like a folk music stage of like i'm not here to like to you know make the same song that you heard last week but just a little cooler i'm just here to talk about jesus in my life and like it, it that's almost like to me that's like almost the the christian equivalent of like what folk music in the world does um and you know there's tons of other folk like or not folk but like christian musicians that do the same thing just coming from that that uh, faith point of view again um i just had the button to say that yeah i think what draws me to specific kinds of music and you know there's music that i listen to and it's like oh i really like the sound of that you know but a lot of the music that i seem drawn towards has like an an intention behind it you know has a purpose has a has a goal almost not a goal but like hmm. A reason. There we go. Um, hmm. It's not just oh, listen to this top forty hit. It's yeah, like oh, this artist comes out of a you know musical movement or maybe has an aim you know that drives their music, hmm. and I think it just adds something a little something extra to music. You know, and on the on the flip side of that, like I've recently not recently but like i use music also to like get out of a purpose you know like that's why i'll listen to like jazz or blues or like a lo-fi hip-hop kind of thing like just to like escape it all (laughs) um so i i completely agree with your statement of like purpose behind music because you know like what does music do to people sometimes it pumps them up like i'm ready to face the world and like get out there and make a difference but also like use it as an escape too like to forget about even just like the day's like worries and just sit back yeah i mean listen to some like uh my favorite is like bluesy like acoustic like guitar um, just hitting the right note at the right time or something. Um, or yeah, even I mean, recording artists have really good ways of making things sound just like, just hit that spot uh, like with their, with their, uh, with their programming and stuff uh, on their, on their computer and they they just release things to SoundCloud or whatever. They don't have to be big to, to make that difference. Yeah, yeah. I I definitely do also do that where you know it might not be lo-fi hip hop or bluesy acoustic or something, but you know like some some kind of metal or rock or sometimes even just something some kind of smooth jazz that sounds like the Weather Channel or something. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I can I can breathe easy now. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes, like, I need a soundscape or sometimes I need some, like, s- just some really soothing classical music or maybe soundtracks from a movie. Like, let's visit the Shire. <laughs> <laughs> or New Age, you know. Yeah, yeah, like, exactly. A New Age uh, 
experimental thing or something. Yeah, just like swelling synths. Yeah. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, it's just something else. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the range of of music is really a range of emotion. And that that's really what music is. It's, it's almost making you change your emotions. Like you can just yeah. feel it. Like why in the world can a, a piece of music with no writing tell a story? <laughs> like how is yeah, this making me cry? That's, that's so, it's so bizarre to think about. It really is. But do we, do we want to touch on like our own music that we make and how it relates to our faith yeah definitely yeah like i like my music i make um you can go to markscottmusic.net and find me there uh check out my music um you know my early albums within my christian walk i'm not extremely like i don't love them that much because they weren't that bad that was kind of my constrained time like i thought i had to fit the picture the pic the picture and I felt like my creativity was dampened a little bit, but, um, you know, I break out, I break out of my, that constraint and my latest album, um, was, uh, from a gilded hilltop. And, you know, even that was a little, that was historically through the last 10 years. Um, that that's basically like a story of the last 10 years for me. Um, uh, but yeah, I do folk music mainly on faith. Um, sometimes not like sometimes it's just a story of life or maybe a, like a ballad or some kind of other story. But uh, you and I have done music together too. And we have our own album out there. Uh, like the lost trail. That's a great instrumental album. Speaking uh, of instrumental music, telling stories. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that one has, that songs of adventure like why does why do these songs tell adventure without any without any (laughs) uh words and you can read why in the liner notes on our websites yeah Yeah. (laughs) um but yeah and you know i'm right now i'm trying to get out of a a creative uh a creative uh dearth if you will because i cannot get anything out but i think i'm starting to write some more songs with february february album writing month we're in middle of it and i've written i think i might have written two songs so far <laughs> oh wow yeah i think i have I one posted them or anything but yeah but i mean i feel i feel that like the writer's block of music um mm-hmm I've just been stuck, but, um, yeah, a lot of my music too, it's very folky and, uh, and it's weird for some reason. It's weird for like me as a Buddhist to say it's like faith based. Cause that's just, that doesn't, that's not vernacular that we use, but, um, but that's an, another thing I want to like, there's so much contemporary Christian music and almost no contemporary buddhist music out there that's not mantras oh here's your chance Um, i've I've come across a few albums of some you know independent musicians like me who you know are like hey we need you know some buddhist themed music and if you 
if you guys know of any, please send them my way. I love, I love finding new music like that. But, um, and I think it's because like I don't make music that's specifically Buddhist music. It's kind of like what you were telling about. Uh, was it Rich Mullins? No, that the uh, the person that was talking about that was uh, uh, I think he's from New Zealand. His name is Strahan Coleman Strahan. Strahan is his stage name. Okay, so yeah, like he was saying, I don't write just Christian music. I write music about my life and experiences, and mm-hmm. and it's the same with me. Like I I don't write music specifically like oh I need a Buddhist tune about this. It's just like you know what has been my experiences on my path. You know. Um, that's not to say that I don't actually write specifically Buddhist music, but, right. um, and I think it's kind of funny cause like your, you know, musical vitality is found by like looking beyond your limits and, and discovering new stuff. And for me and in, in the recent past, it's been, coming back to traditional buddhist texts <laughs> oh, oh wow namely the dhammapada uh which is a book of verses that i thought that i thought maybe it would be cool to put it to music and um so like i'm just like creatively empty like i don't know you know i just don't have that spark to write new music right so a lot of times, if I feel like I want to make music and can't, I'll just crack open the Dhammapada. It's like, okay, next chapter. Yep. Um, which is funny because I started that with taking the first two verses of the Dhammapada, which are very like, very eloquent, very just to the point, um, beautiful analogies and stuff. And I just like put it to a tune. It's like, oh, that that'll make a great song. I'm like but there's a whole book of verses. <laughs> what can I do? So like, I'll write the first chapter. Well, I've done that I with get... some of the Psalms too. Like, uh, I think I'm one of the last Psalms. I don't know if it's the last one, but I put that to music a long time ago. And I'm like, man, I really want to put that to music again. Cause there's like so many layers that I want to unfold in that song because there are layers to that, to that one Psalm. Um, and it like brings in more instruments as it goes in. Um, mm. and like, I really want to get that in it's like in totality, like in it come, I want that to come to fruition with the, yeah. with the music that I put it with it. Um, so like, and I think like, I don't know if it's the fact that you're not writing the lyrics, but like the, the, the Dhammapada songs that I've put together have been some of the more musically, uh, creative songs that I've come up with, you know, different like unexpected key changes and tempo changes, and it's like oh, I never yeah. do this in my own songs, and <laughs> this is it's just a totally different new realm to play in. Hmm. Yeah. Um. I don't know if I'll ever be able to beat my creativity from two thousand nine. <laughs> <laughs> Because I had some good creativity juices running. Maybe I just spilt them all then. <laughs> uh, I know. I like look back at some of my older songs and it's like, man, if only I could do that again. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Like, well, like I, I visited a folk 
music festival this last year and man that like excited me like because we did a songwriting circle like all these songwriters were singing to uh, their own songs and sharing them I'm like man this is like this is giving me such like great inspiration and good ideas like I'm pumped um and then like the the February album writing month uh that uh, that network and that community like you run into some weird stuff and it's like okay I think I can I think I can write something like a little weird, but not as crazy. This guy, like this person, would, would not so. But uh, like, I think so I'm many one of those people. But <laughs> oh yeah, that was yours. No. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for me, like what I consider a good song that I've written usually comes up very organically Mm -hmm. and looking back on it it's like how in the world did i come up with that because i can't sit down and consciously do that exactly like if you try to make yourself right like i don't know how the commercial writer well i do know how the commercial writers do it because they take the formula they erase algorithms and linear programming or something yeah exactly probably and like like an automated like uh, rhyming dictionary throwing things in and everything like probably (laughs) um i know how they do it because it's, that's not really that creative. That's just plugging things into a formula. That's like calling a spreadsheet uh, creative. <laughs> it's really not. <laughs> um, no offense to pr- data analysts and spreadsheet people out there, but um, yeah, yeah. Creativity is a weird thing. Um, it's, that's especially when you get stuck. Like, why is that stuck there? But hey, I had a question for you. What, what are what's some of the music that you're listening to these days? Like, what are, what's your favorite musicians out there? <laughs> Aster the cat. She has such a lovely voice. <laughs> oh yes. When's her album dropping? Her case. Hers. Hers. Yeah, yeah. Right. Aster. But um, what music am I listening to? Uh, Especially, like, from a Buddhist standpoint, um, I I mean, folk music goes really well with that, um, but, like, one of my favorite musicians is the folk, uh, artist Carrie Newcomer, and she is a Quaker musician, and she writes the most, the most Buddhist music I've ever heard, um, (laughs) um, but, yeah, her her stuff is really uh, very poetic, and um, and she puts a lot of the same kind of intent and purposes that I put into my music a lot. Like mm-hmm. a lot of my music usually tends to be aimed at you know interfaith dialogue and world peace, and uh, it just so happens that she also does that. Um, to the point where her album everything is everywhere was had come about for being like an interfaith ambassador to india and meeting some classical indian musicians and teaming up with them to creating just a wonderful album um Hmm. and yeah um but yeah, some of my like other top favorite artists are not very Buddhist. Um, 
uh, you know, trying to remain relevant to we're, the shows. We're off topic but, now. <laughs> yeah, we are way off topic. Um, like sticking with the folk genre, I love you know Gordon Lightfoot. He's my main, my main man. <laughs> He's such a classic folk artist who writes such timeless songs mm. timeless classics and some people say he's cheesy but you know i i like his stuff his stuff is pretty good yeah and uh and dar williams i think she is an amazing songwriter and mm. uh just another prolific contemporary figure in folk music um and of course you know my all-time favorite rock band magnum can't go wrong with that uh they'll always be my number one band really but uh any have i been listening to any new stuff recently i don't know sometimes i get stuck just going back to my favorites (laughs) well yeah and that's why they're your favorites because you just yeah you you go back to them and everything's okay again (laughs) yeah that's it's so true you know mm-hmm. like well, I've, my favorite album has been the same album for the last like 13 years <laughs> <laughs> which one's uh, that? their 2009 release Into the Valley of the Moon King just can't okay. go wrong yep I've been listening to I've been like exploring more of the folk genre um and found an artist a while ago, uh, Rhiannon Giddens, and she writes some really wonderful folk music. I think I saw her mentioned either by Carrie Newcomer or Dar Williams. And then it turns out she actually uh, did a major part of the Wheel of Time theme song <laughs> for the <Wow>. show. Um, <laughs> so I thought that was kind of cool. I was like, wait a minute, that's that's her what oh um, and she was also in a uh in a really cool music video i need to track down that was that we had played at our uh interfaith world peace meditation on new year's eve i can't remember who did the song now but she was in there like a ton of musicians from across the world were in there and and like famous musicians like cat stevens was in there and Hmm. it was it was pretty cool i need to find that (laughs) but uh yeah um and you know i i have like a little bit of a metal head uh sometimes um i'm very picky about my metal but uh bands like cobra and the lotus pagan's mind they're just solid solid metal bands um which sounds like jewelry solid metal bands but (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah what about you what are you listening to oh man lately my uh my go-to was is uh josh garrell's he's more like alternative folk christian (laughs) which is a really weird genre but um him and Strahan was the one that really got me into that genre. Um, he just has like such a 
low key Strahan has like kind of a low key um kind of voice with uh singing but he can really belt it out um and uh then I got into Josh Garrels he's currently my favorite he has some really good um some really interesting music um the his album uh war and love and the sea in between i think that's the order that it went in um but that was that's my favorite so far um and just has a lot of a ton of like different kinds of songs on there um yeah i listened to that one and it's very varied yeah yeah extremely and he even has a documentary on that um, where he goes to some like random island with a bunch of people that he hired to like perform this whole album around the island, um, and like recorded that as a live album, basically. It, it was really, huh. it's such a different world to me. Like his his music genre is such a different world to me. But um, them, like I'll, I I've been listening to them a lot. Again, I'll, I'll like throw on some like lo-fi hip hop like as like a background like a chill mode kind of thing um i i i ever since i listened or i uh took a a history of jazz class in college like i've been just going to that every once in a while and uh, that's that's my jam usually um sometimes i'll just youtube local on the yates and just like <laughs> run through it, it's kind like of people a people literally just record local on the eights. <laughs> that's amazing. So yeah, like the voices and stuff. It's hilarious. <laughs> that's awesome. Um like Miles Davis kinds of blue. That's like the epitome of jazz. Um especially the track So What. That's like the epitome of jazz right there. Um that's my fave. Um What else have I been listening to? Um, I'll do Magnum every once in a while <laughs> just because uh, it, it has a lot of uh, um, nostalgic value to me as as we were growing up and everything. Um, oh, man, what else do I listen to? I, I've been doing a lot of, uh, a lot of um, like, folk guitar celtic guitar kind of uh finger picking style i've been listening to a lot of that lately i'm trying to pick that up as my own musical skill learning some different tunings and everything and that's just so fun like it's such a mm. rewarding style to, to learn to play um, have you have you listened to any brian hankey because he no, is a master at it no i'll listen to like al petaway um Oh, who else? Who who was that guy that I've been listening to? I don't even remember his name, but uh, Al Petaway was like my main springboard into the genre of like of finger style, like uh, Celtic kind of guitar stuff. But yeah, look up Brian Hankey because yeah, I think I've listened to some of his stuff when you mentioned him in the past. I'm like, oh yeah, who's that guy? Yeah. But, um, anything with the uh, acoustic guitar in that in that realm like it's just so skillful like wow man like i don't know i don't know if i'll ever be able to play these songs but i i've picked up a couple i'm like i can't believe i can do this (laughs) but what i really love listening to and it's so hard to find is like a a bluesy banjo like 
just in the right spot like it's amazing but oh that just i i remembered an artist that um i've just recently started listening to and she's a kansas city local but she does like very bluesy folksy banjo and she has a great voice um and her name is kelly hunt and it's she i think she does a few hymns too i don't know um but (laughs) that's interesting uh, or at least like classic Christian worship tunes or something. Hmm, but interesting, uh, bluesy banjo, yeah. Okay, well that might just be up my alley. <laughs> uh, I've been writing a few bluesy banjo things, um, and you know some kind of bluesy songs too. I know we've been working on one, um, and we might be coming out with another album sometime soon, guys. So keep your eye out. Hey, what was your uh, do you want to advertise your music, uh, like website? Oh yeah, I completely forgot. Oh. <laughs> Barefootbrand.com. Barefootbrand. B-A-R-E, because some people don't really know how to spell it. Apparently, <laughs> foot. B-R-A-N. Brand.com. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, I mean that's that's music right there. I mean. Stuff you listen to. I mean, there are there's other stuff you can listen to that's not music, like this podcast <laughs> right now, which you can find on YouTube, <laughs> uh, all the podcast apps. Podcast, yes. Yep, exactly. Except for, I mean, I have to catch up on that stuff, but <laughs> on the but audio side at, at least. But um, the the viewers don't know. <laughs> what do you guys, as viewers, listen to? I want to hear your side of the story as well especially if it's a coming from a faith um perspective because again like i said like from a christian perspective like some of these some of a lot of in my circles like music seems like a taboo topic so i just want to i want to hear from you guys um and from any everyone else i want to hear from you guys so comment or shoot us an email baptist and buddhist at gmail.com no thus um and i want to hear what you guys have to say and if especially like especially uh like faith-based music you know i you know i've heard some really cool baha'i musicians and uh i listen every now and then to some Sikh uh like kirtan music and uh it's it's just a joy to discover different religious music yeah even like on the depths of the internet you'll find like teen scientology music and that that's pretty interesting so yeah (laughs) (laughs) send some links our way for uh some songs and tell us what you guys what you guys not only like to listen to but what music means to your to your faith and to your walk and to your life and also let us know what you want to listen to what you want to listen to from us what do we what do you want to hear from us yes yes we have a lot of interesting topics coming up this season and um we want to hear what you guys want to hear we want to <laughs> why is that so confusing <laughs> we want to know what you guys want to hear from us as well because i know there's so many topics within the the uh faith-based and religious communities that we can't hit everything all the time but we're going to get into some pretty interesting topics i i think coming up so hit pretty us up weird stuff yeah yeah 
you can think I'm weird after a couple of these episodes. <laughs> you already know I'm weird, so. Yeah. <laughs> we know. <laughs> well, I think that that's going to wrap it up for today. Um, so thank you all for listening. Thank you all for watching. Thank you all. If anyone's watching on YouTube, thank you. Um, give us a shout out. Tell us who you are so we can avoid you. No, I'm kidding. So we can thank you. <laughs> thank you. Um, yes, thank you. Um, so I think until next time, um, this has been the Baptist and the Buddhist with Mark and Brian. And we will see you guys next time. Oh, yeah, the hurdy-gurdy outro. Yes, come on. Hurdy-gurdy. We're still here, guys. We're, we're outro-ing. Outro. Are you, are, are you playing out our, of tune hurdy-gurdy? Are you playing our, our traditional outro music? By the way, that's recorded by me and Brian. Me and Brian um, our outro music. Yes. Okay, cool. Ukulele, hurdy gurdy. It's gonna happen. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Why. Oh, and we're still live. <laughs> we are. I know. Uh, it's awesome. Okay. Okay. See y'all later. Good night. <laughs>